Podcast as we discuss the curse of the black spot. I'm Kyle Woodbridge and I'm Swinton Dobson. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Pirates in Doctor Who. What did you think, Smith? I think if I need to watch it again, I need a bottle of rum. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I I can't provide rum, but I could give you a cup of tea if uh, if you're feeling thirsty. Uh, yeah, it, it 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 lacks ambition. The attempted humour was tepid. Um, how, how, how about you start by trying to find something positive to say? Oh, what did I... What did I like? The, the, the ship was quite nice. Yeah, I, 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 like, yeah. I, like, I like the ship. Um, Come on, so, so you I, can I, do I, it. Positivity. I, 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 I'm trying to remember. Um, uh, the, 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 <laughs> the siren... The siren is is realised quite well and mm-hmm. and does somewhat not necessarily deliberately harks back a little to the um, enemies in the Unquiet Dead. Oh yeah, the uh, Gelf. The, yes, the Gelf indeed. Um, so so th- that was realised quite nicely. Um, the costumes generally uh, uh, were, 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 were quite were quite good. We get to see David Bowie again from the eighties in like one scene oh you mean my patch woman yeah no it's, David, no, it's, that, no, it's not the it's David Bowie from the 80s my patch woman <laughs> Francis Barber or <laughs> so the credits say oh, I'm, I'm still missing David Bowie <laughs> so those are the bits I liked okay well if we operate on the basis of if you don't have anything nice to say don't say it you might be a bit quiet this episode Swiffin. but what are the chances of that well, how should I say? I think I'll be as silent as the silence, which is quite chatty. <laughs> yes, pretty much. So, what do you reckon, Kate? Well, I I thought pirates in Doctor Who, great idea, and it does pay tribute to an awful lot of paraphernalia of the pirates, the sort of Jolly Roger, the Black Spot, and all these different things. But I felt they weren't exactly piratey enough for me. I just felt that um, as characters they weren't exactly... I mean, obviously it's riffing heavily off the Pirates of the Caribbean films, but they didn't have any of the personality of Captain Jack, either the Doctor Who one or the the pirate one, the Johnny Depp one, or even Captain Barbarossa or even some of the supporting uh, ones. They just felt... Yeah, Captain Avery was it? He he seemed to spend more time moping around about being a bad father than uh, doing any uh, double-crossing or... Uh, any of that kind of thing. So, yeah, some nice ideas, but I felt it looked really good, but I felt it, it lacked a certain something. It was, didn't really reach its, its potential, yeah, I thought. That's what so. I think it just, I didn't particularly dislike, hate it. It, it was just quite bland. It was my, my overall, cause, well, but anyway, that was probably better at the end. 
Well, we'll, but, uh, we'll let, 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 let's get stuck let's in. There'll again. be plenty to talk about. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've, I have recently reread Treasure Island, not in aid of this particularly, uh, for an essay I'm writing for my English literature MA, but I've got sort of pirates on the brain, so hopefully I'll have some interesting things to point out in. Uh, so let's get started. If you're watching along at home, press play now. This is quite nice uh, atmospheric opening with um, them rowing in the dark up to the ship. Ship looking good. Yeah. It's the yeah. And wounded. It's, um. It is quite a nice atmospheric uh, beginning. Mm. Um, some solo. I think that's a viola or a violin. And background. Some good looking treasure. This is a sort of celebrity historical by stealth because this is <laughs> a real life uh, pirate who, um, uh, disappeared in mysterious circumstances. Oh, is it? And they've got the black spot. Of course, in Treasure Island, the black spot was just a piece of paper mm. given to Billy Bones by Blind Pew to tell him that the pirates were coming to kill him. Mm. Um, so I think in Pirates of the Caribbean they have sort of black spots in their actual hands so, as well. Yeah. I think that might be something that originated in one of the film versions of Treasure Island or a cartoon or something like that. I, I've got an idea it's not original to Pirates of the Caribbean but it's not in the book which um, doesn't have any supernatural elements. <laughs> I thought this bit was odd. I thought they were going to cut to the title sequence mm. at that point. It was like, oh, yeah. someone's died. Mysterious. Let's cut to the title sequence. But, but they don't, which I just found quite I, I guess odd. they wanted to get to the introduction of the yeah. Doctor. Uh, I, I think that's right, but it, it just felt like it was the way it was put together. It's, it's, there. Yeah, it's interesting there's that um, pentangle on the ship. Yeah, I noticed that. I was thinking, are they trying to... Get some, you know, black magic thing going, or well, does nobody actually say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you can't see my face at this point. Swiffin's <laughs> gurning in disapproval. Yeah, it, it just set the tone of we're trying to be funny and failing. That said, I think there is one laugh in it. I can't remember where it is, but um, yeah, do you reckon there's gonna be anything? Later on in the series, going to go back to a pentagram at all, or I don't know. Or is it just seems quite randomly put there. Yeah. Is it that the is it really that the the pirates are kind of secret sorcerers or something? Or it, what? Think because pirates being superstitious, it's not exactly the kind of thing you'd expect. No. They're being awfully polite for pirates just standing around uh, looking, glaring at them slightly suspiciously rather than going, Yeah! Explain yourself before I cut your gizzard! Yeah! 
Yeah, that's very true because I'd actually forgotten that this was Doctor Who and the Pirates up until the point where they kind of laid the point that, oh, we fly under the flag of the Jolly Roger at one point. And it's like, oh. I mean, he's got him at gunpoint, but it's still quite polite and British. Yeah, it's just, yes, we're just doing this because we have to. We're not really going to shoot. He must have stowed away before we sailed. I mean, I guess they are frightened and stuff, but uh, in the, that should make them more dangerous and more paradise. And they are trying to make the Doctor walk the plank, fair enough, but it is being played for laughs. Oh, yeah, very much um, so. Th- there isn't a se- sense of actual danger. Oh, no, and, of course not. And the paranoia of the pirates in this situation should, at this stage, be as much of a threat as whatever's out there. Because this is written by Steve Thompson, who wrote the middle episode of Sherlock, the one with the Chinese acrobats, I think it was. I didn't see it. Um, but, uh, oh, Amy Pond with a big sword. Uh, start of a plot holes. Oh, what are we going to do with Amy? Hmm, let's send it down below. <laughs> with the dress up clothes and the cutlasses. Because <laughs> that yeah. sounds logical. Um, it, uh, um, but Steve Thompson, I mean, that, that, the middle episode of Sherlock was perhaps the weakest. I mean, the first was absolutely brilliant, and the third had Moriarty, which, uh, written by Mark Gatiss, lifted it a bit, but the middle one was a little bit, eh, not, not quite so, so good. A bit, uh, sort of melodramatic with, without quite the same sense of logic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, it seems, um, I don't know, uh, oh, we've got a fight scene here. Which again, just just a bit of a joke. Not necessarily in a bad sense, but it's also as being very yeah. comedic. Well, you've uh, got the whole thing of the poets being so scared of being hurt. Uh, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I can understand them going for a lighter episode yeah. after the two-parter. But I feel that. You could um, there are handle, handle it better. Oh, yeah, first reference to uh, blood being the uh, source of the uh, siren's appearance. Mm. Gotcha. Did you did you think that was going to be the uh, the reason from the beginning, or did what, the, the um the siren with the blood? But did you think that was the actual reason why she came to take you away? Oh, I hadn't thought it out there, man. No, no, neither did I. I was just... Because that is quite interesting, how the episode progresses, which is quite good, is that the Doctor actually has to figure something yeah, out. Yeah, I, 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 I did like that, the Doctor mm. forming different theories and not knowing exactly what was happening. That that was good, and the, that element of investigation. Um, that's quite nice. It, it seems a strange mixture of the siren with myth, with other stuff sort of. It's. 
this is a bit odd. Uh, Rory being a bit stoned. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> what, has he turned into David Tennant at this moment? It's brilliant. I was, that was his line. But I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, Alfred Darfield does comedy quite well. He makes the best of this, but it's a bit... It's, it's just a bit lengthy as well. But it's just like, oh, yeah. he's, he's been stoned. It's like, yeah, stone film. Something strange is rising from the water. But again, I think this is realised quite well. The, yeah, the, I mean, uh, the effects are good. And the, and the solo voice in the background works quite well. Billy Cole looking all glowy and green. Oh, yeah, he was saying she was in... Um, the Imaginarium of oh, Dr. Pinassus. Oh, she's the... Uh, is, I watched she, that the other day. Is she the main character? Main... Yeah, she's the main female. Oh, lady. right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I, I just recognise... It's also got Andrew Garfield, who was in Daleks in Manhattan, and he's the new Spider-Man. Uh, oh. I just it's funny they hold back Rory but they don't really um, even though you've got all those other pirates they, they don't manage to restrain the other guy yeah then we have the uh, the sort of Gelf moment where you do the same going from sort of bluey to red and fiery hmm very much so, and then they disappear with lots of water, and, uh... I mean, the... these sets are very nice as well, the, just the ship interiors. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole aesthetic is is quite good, and I think that's probably what they focus most on in the design of the episode. It's like, that, you know, we'll, we'll get the costumes right, we'll get... It, the, the, the set's right, we'll just forget about everything else. I mean, a green singing shark in an evening gown is an interesting sort of um, connection back to the Christmas special in a way, sort of, uh, where you have the singing to pacify the shark, um, whereas here you've got the singing to um, buy the shark in vertical as the creature that is apparently eating them. Hmm. And we have the siren coming back again. The black spot appearing. Yeah, here we go. It starts with the doctor trying to deduce what uh, the cause of it is oh, from. Here she pops up again. So far, in nice. Slightly green and blue, blue it, colours. Something that's <laughs> quite creepy is that she never speaks at any point. That's a good point. Uh, she's got uh, her accent's quite sort of uh, Londony, I think. So it would uh, <laughs> would sound a bit odd if she sort of opened her mouth and sounded like um, she'd. Yeah, although if you've done that, then you can do some uh, Cockney Knees Up uh, tracks and do a bit of the musical interlude. Because <laughs> this does just remind me of if you want Doctor Who and Pirates, listen to Doctor Who and the Pirates. Oh, yeah, the big finished musical. Which is the third episode of that is hilarious. 
Uh, Colin Baker is actually quite good at singing. Mm. Uh, but so if you definitely want Doctor Who and Pirates, check that out. I mean, let's see, we've had Pirates a few times in uh, Doctor Who before. I mean, you had The Smugglers, which referenced, mentioned Captain Avery. Yep. Um, the Space Pirates. Yeah, which the ref- at last the end of the episode could be a nod to. Mm. Um, let's see. The Pirate Planet by Douglas yeah. Adams. Got the Pirate Planet. I'm sure, there's some others. I'm sure they pirate-esque people appear at some. Point. Oh, the um, uh, in Enlightenment, you've got um, is it Rack? It's that's quite piratey. The ships in space. I haven't actually seen Enlightenment, so that's. Um, let's see. Does yeah, yeah. So Doctor Who's had pirates a few times, mm. and science fiction space pirates as well. Yeah, very much so. Um, oh, and we've had the little boy in hiding in the barrel, although a barrel of uh, gunpowder rather than apples. In Treasure Island, Jim Hawkins overhears Long John Silver's plans while hidden in a apple barrel. Ah, uh, okay. My my entire knowledge of uh, Treasure Island comes from the Muppets. Treasure <laughs> Island. Yeah. I think if they wanted Avery to be the sort of um, pirate who's actually got a heart of gold type thing, then they ought to have had one of the other pirates be really evil, I reckon. I'm really quite manipulative as well, yeah. to try and move them around a little bit. And none of the rest of them are really that defined as characters. No, they're just kind of there, and just disappear on the right moment. <laughs> or the wrong moment, in the case of the edit, where one of them just... Disappears. Yeah. We'll see if we can point that out in the moment. Oh, here we have the Doctor changing his uh, theory. Um, because he's not got a cut. So, he doesn't yet know. He's changed his bow tie in this episode. He had a blue one in the last one. Alright. Don't know if that's for his significance at all. But I just noticed it. My ship, if he sends them away from here, you'll need to fetch them down to the country. Sure seems. You're not the captain here, remember? Oh, we have the hand coming up in the water. Mm. That's been done. In everything. I'm trying to think where that's ripping off. We're all cursed. We stay aboard with no cars. It's it's quite a nice variation on the base under siege trope, the sort of ship under siege. Yeah, I suppose it does have that. I, I was thinking this medallion would turn out to be more significant. Yeah, there's, there's like a... Um, I can't think what to call it. But a, a charm or, mm. or somehow it's got some significance to stopping the... Um, Siren. Hmm. As it is. And so here they go, creeping across the ship. Separating them. And hmm. Yeah. So, Oh, 
Yeah. If the doctor had done that, everyone would be saying it's a Jesus moment. If you go a bit further, <laughs> <laughs> with a nail through the hand. Yeah. The doctor's getting quite relaxed about letting people into the TARDIS. Because mm. um, this is the third story running in which um, last time we had Kant and then we had Sardik in the TARDIS. So. Yeah, it always used to be the case of do not let them in the TARDIS at any Mm. Because what's well, it, it, it varied. I mean, Peter Davison's era, he was sort of taxiing people about in it. Oh, that's true. Stuff quite a lot. And that's a London taxi. Moffat is a known fan of the Fifth Doctor, so I wonder whether that's a uh, deliberate influence. But this is kind of like mm. timeline problems. Mm. <laughs> But th- this this scene was reasonably um, entertaining as far as the episode goes. I'm something in the interior of the title looks a bit like a nightclub. Uh, I'm sure Oceana's room, one of the rooms, looks a bit like that. The little kid is quite annoying. <laughs> to be fair, it is quite difficult to... To be Ch- precocious without being... Especially as a child. Um, ch- general child characters are generally quite difficult to pull off. I think, um, I mean, obviously this guy, the pirate here, is trying to scare the boy. Uh-huh. But it does seem odd that you don't really have any moral consequence to the fact that he's killed hundreds of innocent men, or however many innocent men. No, he just gets a captain of the new ship. Yeah, so he can go and carry it across the stars. Well, I just follow in the doctor's footsteps now, aren't we? Yeah, and then. Ah. The little blighter. little blighter, he's got my hand. Oh, this could be a lot more interesting if you just had a bit of Dick Van Dyke hearing. I, th- I didn't feel these scenes quite worked. It's basically the Doctor babbling exposition while um, the pirate guy just looks on. Like, yeah. I saw if it was vaguely... I mean, the whole thing about two universes overlapping seems quite big and it seems doesn't quite seem necessary to, to the plot to have that idea. So I'm wondering, oh, there goes the other guy. Oh, he just leave. Yeah. Just in the corner of the eye. Yeah, I mean, I, well, not there yet, but I did think that was a bit like, oh, there's another time... Thing, um, so I wonder whether that will prove significant in the future, possibly. Um, I don't know. I, rather than going, ooh, this is interesting. It's like, oh, it's a, it's a timeline. Oh, that was a convenient plot device. Um, I, this, this bit's quite interesting. I, I found it very strange that the Doctor abandoned ship. And it did seem a bit strange that he would run out just so that the TARDIS could disappear. Yeah. I was thinking that 
was the, the, then I thought, well, oh, they got rid of the TARDIS. That's quite good because that means they just have to find the TARDIS again, which is quite an old mm. device. But it gives a nice, simple kind of um, plot to, to work with. Well, it, if you've got the whole dimensions overlapping thing, it might have been a bit nicer just to have them go back to the TARDIS to find that it has disappeared and mm. sort of the doctor scanning for it and it's here I can't see it it's not invisible what, what, what's happening is yeah that, that, that would be impossible um. but then it's just in general I quite like the idea of TARDIS disappearing because you then get rid of the easy option easy get out option mm. for the plot it's like you could just leave yeah which and It's interesting that you did actually have uh, them considering the possibility of leaving in the TARDIS, of just getting everyone mm. out, because normally they don't even mention the idea. <laughs> no. So you've got this one pirate uh, being God, and so you had the other one who had the cut into the black spot on him, so just wait a moment. I do quite like the death of the other character behind the door. Mm. Nice atmospheric. The idea of uh, here of reflections is quite a good one, but you do feel it's an idea that if Stephen Moffat was writing it, he'd have got far more mileage out of um, reflections and something coming out of reflections mm. there being an actual other universe on the other side of it hmm kind of quasi as with looking glass hmm um yeah it's a bit oh but the, the, the medallion thing is just oh it's reflection Therefore, it's like, oh, oh, tension, tension. And, and I just felt him starting rubbing it for no good reason, just felt slightly. I should have a genie up here. <laughs> tension. And uh, he doesn't seem to be worrying about this other pirate was, that was in there with them. Uh, no. And now. I just assume he's dead. Yeah, and he's just disappeared, so there seems to be a scene missing. Yeah. Although, to be fair, I didn't actually notice that first time well, I watched it. That is probably because we don't care. Yeah. Which is more the point. Rather than the bad editing, it's... We don't notice. <laughs> because it's just not... I mean, this was... It would surely have made more sense to throw the mirror out uh, overboard rather than leaving... Tiny shards of... Uh... Yeah, I guess they have to be big enough for her to get through, but if she could get through the medallion, then surely some of those shards of glass in the window are big enough as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's let's be quite dramatic. I think that was the funniest slide in the whole episode. Yeah, the, I thought it was yours. Yeah, this is, this is the king of the mobile of Indians. I thought it was yours. But I mean, this was 
quite quite nice visually just checking all the treasure out but I don't know you just kind of think like they probably hopeful oh let's have the idea of them having to throw the treasure out the window oh what can we do I don't know I get the impression there's lots of ideas that they've gone oh yeah that'd be a good idea let's try and make a plot working around it I mean it's another Pirates of the Caribbean type thing where they're having to get rid of the treasure rather than get hold of treasure which one was that in? the first one the the good one well see I've only seen the third one oh you 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 ought to see the first one that's the one that's actually worth watching the the other two um, well actually I think yeah um, the the, 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 the other two aren't as bad as some people make them out to be because I know some people really don't like them um, but they do suffer from the same sort of problem as the Matrix sequels of sort of making things overcomplicated and over mythologizing it and losing the sort of lightness of touch that made the first film um, a success. Again, the film was in the wrong order, so the second, fir- second first, the first second, haven't seen the third. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Backstory about him being a good old sailor and having a wife in every port. Hey. What you I just, I don't know. This didn't really connect for me. No. Um, it, um, yeah. It just kind of smacks of, let's try and make the character slightly more human and sympathetic. But just stay calm. Ah, the best bit of the episode. I punch woman, and then she goes. Just stay calm. Stay calm. Why? 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 She needs to say, "Okay, stay calm." Bringing forth the silence, or or just something to say. There's a bit in the episode. I've seen it. I think it's quite noticeable with this episode in contrast to the last one. There's a lack of energy with this in comparison to the last one. There was always, in the Day of the Moon and the Impossible Astronaut, there was always something going on. Yeah, I just feel it's not, it's not trying to do anything more than just be a standard... Doctor Who run around. It's there's no um, there's no themes, no particularly original ideas, nothing particularly interesting being yeah. done with the characters. It's just them. It has all the sort of Doctor Who ingredients, uh, a monster uh, setting, and it, it does sort of the usual type of things with them. But yeah, there's. Um, whereas Stephen Moffat, he has reused certain devices and tropes in the first two episodes, but as I said before, he did do something different with them. Yeah, it was it was, it was clear Moffat has what he likes and he uses them again, but at least he puts them to some effect. Yeah, whereas this doesn't seem to be um, doing it. It's using some similar tropes of the base <coughs> under siege the uh, all these things um, uh, the historical monster uh, thing uh, something from mythology having a science fiction explanation the sort of siren 
tactic thing, but um, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't quite. Doesn't really do anything with it. It doesn't seem to have like a. For all the faults of the previous two episodes, it seemed to have an underlying idea which everything was revolved around. Whereas this just seems to be a disparate thread of different mm. things they thought would probably be cool and thought, oh, let's do it. It's like the old idea, I think some old American films, it's like they came up with the title of the film first. This is a great title. Write a story around it. And the stories were never as good as the titles they came up with. Mm. This seems to... seems in the sim- analogously quite a similar... Yeah. Oh, and here we go. We have the impending death of a child. Now, do we think, or do we think that this child may or may not be dead in his impending death? For your immediate thoughts. Well, I I, I thought that they were probably um, disappearing into somewhere else. The whole, oh, well, they're not dead, they're teleported trick, which has been done before, um, sort of notably Rose in the game station, so that's Ooh. like a while back to Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, I just thought they were killing them off fairly casually, and, um, yeah, and by the time they actually uh, kill a child, you know, that it's not going to be real. Yeah, it's not something they do. Really, the thing is, when I was watching this, Helen was like, "He's definitely not dead. They never kill a child. He can't die." And he's like, "Oh, he's died. <gasps> now he can't really be dead." <laughs> oh, here we go. A nice moralizing line from Doctor, which is just there. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't want to be down on this because there are so many nice ingredients, but I just wasn't terribly um, engaged with it. No, um, I, I'm, I'm, it, 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 it feels I, I don't know. It, it just I just get the impression it should have been um, better than it actually is. Mm. It's like given all that's there something just doesn't quite gel for me and, and, and um, yeah it's, uh, so here we go this seems to be the most illogical part of the whole plot mm-hmm. it's like hmm they might be dead but let's just see if they're not the doctor knows that it's a child so it can't be <laughs> dead <laughs> This is just silly. It is. So, if we were going to, if we were script editing this story, what would we do differently? Apart from most of us, um, we well, have proper pirates. To yeah, start with. proper pirates. Yeah. Um, I think um, I'd probably get rid of the subplot with the little boy. Mm-hmm. I. I, I uh, I don't think it quite works. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, I think. 
Um, I think it's. I think the characterization is one of the really big things. Just if the pirates were stronger characters and you actually cared about them. Well, I mean, what you could do. I mean, if you want to do a whole character thing, you could just use this the siren as kind of a midnight device. Get them. To Definitely just kill them mm. and then just disappear at the end for whatever reason think of something vaguely could decent to, for the disappearance for the yeah. reason for killing and then just use it as, as a device to have some char- a character episode with the whole with the whole running yeah. around thing as well I mean that's what I immediately think of because I don't know the way it plays out with oh she's a nurse is kind of like I mean I quite like that when it's done well but it's just a bit like oh they're not dead huh great so I think turn it into a more of a character yeah well I, I, I don't think you need to play down the action necessarily no 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 no. I'm not saying that per se but as in but this the, part particularly the, the, the action, action works if you actually care what happens to the yeah. characters yeah. and with the pirates I didn't and that's quite, quite nice. It looks quasi silency, which may or may not be. Did you think it? Did it remind you of the silence, or is it just uh, me, or just generic space alien? Looks better. I mean, it's got this sort of spike thing. Oh it's, yeah, good point. It's very. No, that's true. More of sycoraxy. Never did they have a spike head? Mm, they had a sort of horse's skull head. That's oh, right. Yes. It's reminded um, me of something. Maybe from Star Wars. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's uh, that's very War of the Worlds. Which bit is that? Uh, being killed by human bacteria. Mm. Uh, look. What is it? Sneeze. Alien bogies. Mm. Yeah, yeah, bogeys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think um, this this set looked rather unfortunately cheap, very top woolly and stuff. Yeah, it reminds <laughs> the way it's put together reminds me of Suspiria. Which is entirely different. And um, yeah, why are all of them connected to like respirators? Well, the question question is is why aren't the Doctor, um, Amy, and Avery? Yes, that's a very good point. Um, yeah. So. Um, Let's see. Um, sea devils versus pirates would be fun. <laughs> the sea devils are going to win with their really, really crazy soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> the sort of clanger soundtrack. <laughs> it's the magic dragon. Yeah, that, that would be cool. Um, yeah. I, because they don't actually engage in any piracy. <laughs> I mean, they've got some treasure, but they don't double-cross each other over it. Yeah, a bit more 
Yeah, it started off with them somehow getting in the middle of a fight between different pirates or sacking of a ship or something. Yeah, I, th- I think that you, you need a sort of Long John Silver type character or, uh, who can be manipulative and tricksy, who um, can uh, provide some conflict among the human characters and more suspicion between the pirates and the TARDIS crew. Ooh. I mean, pretend... Yeah. And then, you suppose you could do that at the beginning, then have, I don't know, end up in, like, a severe storm or something that had to stop, or maybe mm. shipwrecked, potentially, could be been interesting. But, of course, they... It's a nice... Mm. Nice thing that the ship interior should really want to do. Um, no, no, the Doctor realises it's actually a sick bay. Yay. Do we, do we think this whole ship and setup is going to be significant in the I mean, future? Or? I mean, you never know. I mean, the larger thing turned out to be. But I, I don't think there's any particular reason to think so. Um, I think, uh, yeah, uh, Stephen Moffat might be doing up to his tricksy, plotty wotty stuff, but. Because you normally don't want to. <laughs> you normally like playing with the doctor. Messing around with things. Um, but yeah. I think if they were going to try and do pirates and fun, just throw everything at it as well. Mm. At some point. I recently watched... Um, I, oh, I, I reckon the Gareth Roberts could have done a really good job of this episode. I think it would be sort of right up his, his street sort of fun pirate romp. Cause mm. He's quite good at the sort of quite silly but still, um, still fun and still interesting historical ones like um, the Unicorn and the Wasp and the Shakespeare Code both of which are sort of not really historical but they sort of play with literature and yeah, um, I and, this, and this is basically what you're doing with pirates because it's not historical pirates no. at all, it's um, pop culture pirates <laughs> funny thing. And, and yeah, and a, 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 a reference or two to Muppets Treasure Island would have gone down well. <laughs> and if you wanted to annoy lots of people, they could have taken leaf out of South Park's book when Cartman decided he wanted to become a pirate, so he went to Somalia. <laughs> <laughs> that was genius. But I didn't go completely over the top. I recently watched a, an adaptation of Jane Eyre, which has got awesome worlds in, but it's the most over the top melodramatic. It says. Orson Welles appears with lots of dry eyes with a huge cape on a horse. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's so overdone, like, the really kind of expressionist lighting. It's like, it was really fun. <laughs> or, you, or you could have some fun with the idea of pirate copies and have pi- pirated pirates, so they're sort of cloned pirates or something, <laughs> sort of combining... Um, uh, I, although I think they've got clones later in the series, but uh, sort of combining modern-day piracy, like electronic piracy, with the sort of traditional piracy type thing. That could have been quite funny as well. It's like, what? They call this piracy these days? <laughs> Obviously, piracy. 
actually go around and steal stuff, which would have been quite good. <laughs> yeah. you, 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 you wouldn't steal a Spanish galleon, <laughs> would you? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't steal uh, the lost treasure of Cortez. <laughs> this is, of course, in reference to the you wouldn't steal a car adverts trying to dissuade people from uh, illegally downloading um, music and stuff. Well, if you were to do that, the pentagram on the ship would make some sense because they could t- take it issue with the even more overblown advert, which had the devil oh, in, well, in that hilarious. <laughs> How anyone they thought was going to dissuade anybody from doing Piper and Barrage, I have no idea. Here they're sort of rushing to save um, Rory, and um, I just felt this was rather overdone and dragged out, just because you know they're not going to kill no. Rory off again. Uh, not, not in sort of ep- episode three anyway, if it was the... Um, series finale maybe but it'd be getting a bit silly to kill but why if they need to give him CPR why is, does the TARDIS have better conditions for survival rates or just get him on the deck and do it well um yeah I mean it, it that just seemed a bit, a bit odd and, and I, I did think it was odd that I mean it's, it's a, the doctor I think knows CPR does he Form it in some episodes or other. Well um, but yeah, rather than looking sad, if it was really going that badly, he'd step in and. Oh, and apparently, I know nothing about CPR, but apparently, don't copy this because it doesn't <laughs> work. There's a thread on the Gallifrey base. And um, you can believe everything you read on on the internet. <laughs> no, to be fair, he, no, did you did you see it? It was a guy done by who was like a member of St John's Ambulance and yeah. gave a link to oh, this is how to do it properly. Did you hear that um, someone from another charity complained that the BBC are giving undue prominence to St John's Ambulance service by having the badge on the TARDIS? It was on a blog on the Guardian website. <laughs> I, I just don't know how to respond to it. Like, it's St John's Ambulance. Yeah, but what about all those other charities, sir? And I mean. It's yeah. on the side of a police box. It's <laughs> been there for ages. It's just as a bait. Oh, and here we go. The nod to the space pirates. This, in some respects, reminds me of the end of Forest of the Dead. They've kind of all died, but haven't, and they all get together and go to the Well, it also reminds me a little bit of the end of um, Ghost Light, in that they all disappear off from Victorian times in the spaceship at the end. Oh, and you have the um, (laughs) rip-off Pirates of Caribbean Caribbean music there. Yeah. I thought I was an excellent pirate. I thought you were an excellent man. So it seems like they're going to the the uh, bedroom quarters. <laughs> well, that's what it looks like yeah. to me. I mean, Rory's had his top off. He has. Ominous flashbacks. Yeah. Mutual. 
daddy, <laughs> daddy doctor. Because, I mean, these scenes were presumably added in when they shifted it around in the schedule. So this was scheduled for quite, for later on. Yeah, it was, because they swapped around Mark Gatiss' episode. And the Doctor's still checking, is he going to do this at the end of every episode? Sort of see, is she still... Schrodinger's pregnancy. Oh, I'm going to hide. I probably was just quite a good bit, so I loved it. So, no, because with the pregnancy thing, I, I, I thought he actually knew what he was, wasn't saying because it sounded yeah. like it was a conclusion, but. It sounds quite like the beast in the trailer. I do my will. Is it Gabriel Wolf? Or I think it's Michael Sheen doing this. Oh, okay. Oh, that's green. Yeah. Return of the. Uh, Turn of the lighting. So this is the Neil Gaiman episode. Yeah. Oh, was that Luge? Yes. Green eyed dude. Oh, Udebar. You wear the green eyed monster. Uh, but yeah, the next episode <laughs> titled The Doctor's Wife, intriguingly. Now I've got a theory on who that is, um, uh, but I won't share it because um, I. Um, I don't don't want to give it away just in case I am right, but I don't think it's I, I don't think it's who it's like the Rani or, or Romana or anyone like that. I think it's coming at it from a somewhat different angle. Okay, well, I reckon you should record this and then we can we can see if you're right <laughs> in one of the next podcast or wherever. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll see, but uh, I've got I've I've got my suspicions and. I'll be interested to see whether they're born out. If not, I'll keep the idea in the back of my head for when I'm writing Doctor Who. Or what they could do is they could... Well, I've no, I have no idea what's supposed to happen in this episode. I'm mm. completely oblivious. If they're going to take the leaf out of the Doctor's daughter book, they could do a quasi-Adam and Eve thing. And, uh, uh, and, that's, and, that's, and, a, that's a cheesy science fiction <laughs> thing. You get two people stranded on a planet and oh, what are the chances they happen to be called Adam and Eve. Um, yeah, I'm not saying it was a good idea. I was just saying if they were going to copy, you know, the eminently copyable but not advisedly pirated episode, uh, The Doctor's Daughter. That could be possible. Yeah, well, I hope it'll be rather better than The Doctor's Daughter. Yes. But, I mean, Neil Gaiman's, uh, I really, he's written some really great stuff. I've got the Sandman, uh, Absolute Sandman, in fact, the uh, nice leather-bound deluxe editions up on my shelf over there, and, like, his... Um, children's stuff in particular like um, The Graveyard Book and Coraline. Stardust is very good as well, the book although that's not nearly as family friendly as the film. <laughs> uh, um, I, I, of Neil Gaiman's stuff I've always seen is, is Coraline the film, Stardust the film and parts of Sandman. Mm. I confess heresy and sacrilege at this point, I'm not a huge fan of Sandman. I got I don't know how far I got, I can't remember, halfway through the first volume, I think. First volume in the paperbacks? Or the... No, in the absolute one. Okay. Because yeah. it does take a bit to find its feet, I think. Um, it does uh, develop into something a lot more uh, interesting than the first few 
the first run of ones, which is a bit more, um, yeah, a bit more generic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, he's a big Doctor Who fan. And did you notice the, in the trailer, the white message cube no. thing? Um, ah, well, it's like the one in the war games. Oh, yeah, I heard um, that that was, uh, returning. So, um, yes, in the, uh, I've got mail, he says, delightedly. Oh, yes, but is he going to play, uh, clock, um, what's it called? Clockwise patience, or clock, clock the one he does in the circle. Is he clock play, patience? That's it, clock patience, yeah. Is he going to play that in the... In the episode, that'd be the, because that's when he starts playing it in the mm. war games. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it is fairly telling that the thing that we're most excited about discussing is the next episode. Yeah, and um, what we would do with the episode. Yeah, I mean, there, there is some good stuff there, and uh, there's some stuff that works, but yeah, I, I think um, it's fairly just met and average and yeah yeah just it's it's not going to be one I'm going to rewatch particularly um uh, so yeah it filled 45 minutes or so but it wasn't uh it was far from far from a classic <laughs> yeah yeah I, it was quite funny I think from what we said it could have been quite easily quite a lot better <laughs> Uh, you know, with playing with the pirates stuff, and mm. I think given the setup and what they budgetary wise, whatever, there, there were quite a few more things they could have done. Yeah, uh, which which they didn't do. But well, yeah. So, uh, but ne- next week's looking very good. I'm sure Neil, Neil Gaiman will do something really interesting. Apparently, it will change the way you look at the series forever. Uh, also, it claims. Okay, uh, so that's so, a big claim. We'll but, see. Um, some of the, uh, uh, I mean, there are, uh, there are, believe it or not, um, other podcasts, and there's what? There's uh, others. Uh, I mean, I believe we're, we're the original sort of fan commentaries, but uh, there are, uh, there's there's one that uh, gets preview DVDs from what? the BBC. Believe it or not. The lucky swine. They've been pirating them. Well, reviewing them. No, they get the pirate episodes first. <laughs> I'm sure we should get on some of this. Uh, uh, but uh, but anyway, uh, the more the merrier. Uh, but um, uh, yes, uh, there's a spoiler-free preview of um, uh, uh, I saw earlier of next week's uh, ep- episode, and. Um, uh, apparently it's a instant classic, so, so said, uh, Cameron over at Blog to Who, and, uh, yeah, so. Should be interesting. Uh, so yeah, good, uh, so that's, that's very promising. Um, yeah, I was giving, uh, the, the, the other commentary, uh, <laughs> a listen, and, um, yeah, uh, they're, they're Scottish, so, I mean, uh, you can't really compete with Scottishness, but uh, hopefully we've got our own unique brand of analysis and insight that will appeal to the discerning Doctor Who fan. Our analysis like, that's fat. We don't tend to deep fry everything. <laughs> Unlike our Scottish yeah. friends. But uh, anyway, if you have any... So, yeah, uh, thanks for listening, um, and stay tuned.
Goodbye. You've been listening to The Impossible Podcast. For more Doctor Who commentaries, plus other science fiction and fantasy reviews and discussions, please visit our website, impossiblepodcasts.blogspot.com, or search for us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or email us via impossiblepodcasts at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.